Hello, everybody. We're going to have an awesome time today with Darcy Loma. So just a couple questions. Have you ever thought about life coaching? Have you ever seen any value in it or considered the value? We're going to talk about that today, as well as some uh, corporate coaching as well. Stick with us. Thanks so much. Hello, everybody, and thanks for tuning in to Simple Biz 360 podcast. Today, we have a special guest coming to you, coming to us from Madison, Wisconsin, Darcy Loma. Darcy, say hello to everybody if you can. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for having me, Jeff. Oh, it's awesome. Well, tell us just a little bit about yourself before we kind of get into the groove today. Absolutely. I am a mom of two sassy teenagers. I own a business, a coaching and consulting firm, and everything we do focuses on creating high-performing people and teams. And we look specifically at sort of the the people problem side that get in the way of being high-performing. So communication, uh, conflict, leadership, team building, that aspect Um, I, as you said, live in Madison, Wisconsin, and um, this last year over COVID, we had eight foster dogs uh, that we nurtured and found forever homes for. It was our our COVID uh, passion project. Oh, that's cool. Oh, the kids must have loved that. They loved it, and they got a very healthy respect for how much work dogs are. Oh, that's awesome. Well, well, kudos to you for doing that. That's neat. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. You Well, thanks so much for coming, guys. By the way, uh, we have her book right here, which we'll feature a couple times, Uh, but uh, we are going to have some real fun today. So just real quick, if you haven't subscribed to our uh, YouTube channel, um, platform yet feel free your lower right hand portion of your viewing screen you got a little uh, icon there you can just hover over it and boom you're on YouTube and you can you can subscribe there we're on 28 listening channels so Darcy we're going to be on a, you know everything you can think of really from the listening point of view so we're going to have a, a, a lot of fun today we're coming from to you from St. Louis Missouri uh, as we mentioned Darcy's up a little bit north in Madison and uh, we have Maddie working the board so we're going to have fun today talking about you know the inter- I love that intersection of life and business and Darcy uh, has a lot of that baked into everything she does and, and really has some, a cool program that we'll get to towards the end. But, hey, a little bit about just kind of where you came from. I mean, where did you grow up, if you don't mind me asking? I grew up in the Twin Cities, so in Hastings uh, in Minnesota. Okay. And spent my, my whole life there. And then when I was 18, I went and lived in Germany for a year, came back to Wisconsin for college, and um, then um, pretty much have been in Wisconsin since the, the early 90s. Okay, okay. So I have a showroom up in Shoreview, which is right in between St. Paul and, Min- and Minneapolis, right there on Lexington. So, oh, my gosh. Now, where, where is yes. Hastings in, in relation Hastings to? Hastings is south. It's on the Mississippi River, and it's okay. a southern suburb um, about maybe 20, 30 minutes south of the Twin okay. Cities. Lake, uh, Lakeville, Burnsville, down that area? Yeah. Okay, super. Yes, okay. exactly. Yeah. Just south of Burnsville. Know it well. Okay, great. Well, awesome. Well, uh, so now uh, family-wise, big family, small family, how many brothers and sisters did you have? So I have one older sister, um, three years older, and she's still in the Twin Cities. And then uh, my dad was a a superintendent of schools. My mom was a a teacher. And so come from an education, very, very heavy education family. Wow. So now was that an influence on your affinity for training eventually? I mean, do you think that leaked in there to you too? Yes, I, 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 um, wanted to either be a teacher or a business owner. <laughs> and um, so right now in this current phase, I've kind of figured out the blend of both yeah, and yeah. owning a business and a lot of what we do, we, you know, training, consulting, yeah. coaching. Sure. Um, and so, but most definitely, I think that was part of where my love for, for education and learning came from my yeah. family. Well, you might be a lot like me. I, I, I'm, you know, I realized being a trainer, I have about 1300 hours, you know, proc, you know, basically facilitating classroom training environments. And when you saw the light bulb go off, I could relate to teachers and how they must feel in having that experience of seeing a breakthrough with somebody. And, you know, in training, there's a lot of similarities. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there's a lot of similarities in what we do and especially what you do when you break through with someone. It has that same, must have that same feeling and rewarding level that a teacher experiences. Do you agree or? 
I absolutely agree. And where I, where I feel that the most, I most definitely feel it when I'm doing trainings and workshops and keynotes and where I really get that, um, I, I don't know where that feels the strongest is when I am doing individual and team coaching. Yeah. Like that's when the, the ahas and the yeah. breakthroughs are the strongest because instead of coming in when I'm, when I'm doing a, a workshop or a training um, and I've got the agenda, uh, when I'm doing coaching, they bring the agenda. Yeah. And so it's like real time. We're focusing on where they are motivated and struggling or stuck. Yeah. And so that's why I feel like that to me, when, 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 when I can do a training program and then supplement it with coaching, that's yeah. like the most powerful combination. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's, that's really neat. So, uh, was, was your, were your parents in, uh, what, what grade levels did they teach or what you know, where were they active in teaching? Yeah. So my, my dad was a fifth grade teacher and then an, a, a, an assistant principal, principal assistant superintendent. Wow. And he finished his career as a superintendent wow. for, I don't even know how many years. Wow. And then my mom was a second grade teacher and, and my grandma was a school bus driver for 32 years. And my grandpa was a school custodian, a public wow. school custodian. Education so galore. Yeah. Cleaning the, the gymnasium and the school. And I remember riding in the school bus in the, in a box. I mean, you could never do this now, but yeah. with my yeah. grandma, she'd have me in a box on the front seat. Oh my goodness. Well, that is so, so wild. So you definitely have a, a strong connection to the, the education process all around. So uh, undergraduate, did you go to University of Wisconsin? Is that where you went? I went to University of Wisconsin in Eau Claire. Okay. So Eau Claire. Okay. Which is yeah. for everybody, it's about 60 miles east of Minneapolis, pretty much yeah. the Twin Cities. Okay. And then a uh, graduate degree. Um, mm -hmm. where, where did you get your graduate degree? Yeah, so I uh, got my graduate degree at Pepperdine University. Okay. That's uh, based in Malibu, California, but it was a very unique program. Uh, I was working full time for one of our U.S. senators. You may know yep. Herb Cole, yep. Yep. and yep. Um, I went to him and said that they told him I was going to resign because I wanted to go back to graduate school full time. And he said, "That's great. I think you should go to graduate school, but you can't resign. Yeah. So figure it out." Yeah. And I said, well, I don't even know what that means. And he said, well, do the executive MBA at, at UW-Madison and, you know, evenings and weekends. And I'm like, well, that's not what I want. Yeah. That started my process of, of researching schools. And I found this program. It's an MSOD, so Master of Science in Organization Development, through Pepperdine that was designed for working professionals. And so I would go to class a couple of weeks every quarter over a period of a few years. And it was in California and Mexico and China and France. And I kept my job working full time while I was a student. And that was fantastic because I was a, a, a full time. I was a sole breadwinner yeah. for our family of four. And uh, that allowed me to have the stability yeah. of health insurance and, yeah. you know, uh, wow. salary and all that while also getting my master's degree. How great. And, and, in, and in that, in your uh, master's degree process, I know your thesis, didn't it kind of have a lot of organizational behavior and team performance built into the thesis, if you will? Yes. And in my thesis, I um, actually did on coaching, on life coaching and the overall uh, satisfaction, uh, what, how life coaching impacts your overall life satisfaction. And so I took 100 former U.S. Senate interns who interned for me, and I gave them all a couple of pretests. Then I randomly selected 10. I coached them weekly for three wow. months, and then I gave all of them post-tests. Wow. And then I sent all the data off to a, a stats professor at UW-Madison. And I will never forget, Jeff, they, the day he called me and he said, oh, my God, you should publish this. He said, it, it, these results are, are incredible. You, you can unequivocally say that regardless of where someone starts in their journey, what age they are, what their gender is, what their degree is, what their level of self-awareness, that after three months of coaching, they have greater life satisfaction. They have more clarity on their goals. They have more self-awareness. Wow. That was then just what I needed to recognize and give me sort of that, that yeah. nudge to get certified and eventually launch my full-time business. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you clarified that because I thought it was kind of more organizational and, and, you know, team based, but individual based. So very cool. 
Um, and obviously, yes. And then yeah. from there, I did go and get um, certified in organization okay. and relationship systems coaching, and I do a lot of systems and team uh, and organization work. So that's probably what you're yeah, thinking okay. of because yeah, you did your is. homework. Yeah, no, great. Well, guys, and, and uh, seriously, so uh, we're going to just g- take a break and call out um, the website. You can go and check out Darcy's program, Thoughtfully Fit is her book right here. Uh, it's Darcy Lua. So it's Loma, but it's L-U-O-M-A, um, right? Uh, DarcyLuoma.com. Yeah, so DarcyLuoma.com or DarcyLuoma.com. So uh, go there and check it out, and we'll do a couple more call-outs though, throughout, the, uh, throughout the episode. <laughs> and so Cole, so... Senator Cole, so stick with me here because this the Cole family is now I have a lot of experience with Coles up in Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. They were one of my big customers. Actually had a I had two major professional breakthroughs with Coles. One about one about truth I had. But but let's share that. So Senator Cole is from the Coles family that is associated with the stores, correct? That's correct. It started, his parents started the grocery store, the first Kohl's grocery store in in Milwaukee. And it was back when it was one of the first ones that had the the bakery and the butcher and right. And so it was very, very popular. And then that expanded and then they started the Kohl's department stores. Yeah. Yeah. So very cool guys. So I think now correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I was at either Harley Davidson or Miller Brewing. I want to say it was Harley Davidson headquarters and wasn't one of the original Kohl's stores or grocery stores are the original right next to Harley Davidson headquarters there in Milwaukee. I'm I think, embarrassed that I don't know, I Jeff. It, I should yeah. know that. <laughs> I think it, I, all I know is I went into it and, you know, kind of had like a don't like an archway. And uh, I remember like a half arch as I walked it had in. That, it probably was because yeah. it always had that. Yeah. Yep. That signature half arch. But it was a uh, very, very, uh, very cool to learn that they came from the grocery store side of things and just got into dry goods. And then it kind of just, uh, blew up. And, and, uh, so yeah, I have a lot of, uh, familiarity with them. So very cool. So in politics, obviously, uh, a charged, uh, environment, a lot of different, um, people interactions in that, in that profession. So you spent, uh, nine years in that role. Is that right? Or am I wrong? Uh, close. I was, I was the director for 12 years. Okay. 12 years. Okay. Okay. And then, uh, you have some background with university of Wisconsin, uh, on their staff as well, correct? Yeah, yeah, they contracted with me to design the uh, professional certified coach program. Uh, So in 2012, I spent a year designing this rigorous uh, program. We got it accredited by the International Coach Federation, and it launched in 2013. And so it has every fall a new cohort of students who... Uh, want to become a professional coach, whether they want to launch their own individual business, or maybe they are in HR or learning and development, or they're a president of a company and they want to take more of a coaching approach to their leadership style. Um, They go through the, the, the program at UW Madison. Very cool. So guys, if you're not getting this drift, you know, very accredited, a lot of good background that Darcy brings into her current program now. And so, you know, any type of engagement with Darcy, I can say I'm not totally done with the book, but I can just, the flavor of it all is just a super, uh, super charged um, information. And obviously you've got somebody who can, you know, walk you through it well, whether you're a corporation or an individual. So um, there's a little bit of athleticness that starts to bleed into everything you do. And I I just want to explore that a little bit. We have some commonality there, but um, when did you actually, you know, gain an affinity for athletics in high school before later? Seventh grade, seventh grade. I remember going, my, my neighbor, um, her dad was a runner and I remember in seventh grade going for runs with him all summer long and I got the bug. And so I then in seventh grade, you know, joined the cross country ski team, cross country running team, the track team and, um, have really just been a lifelong athlete. Yeah. Wow. Well, very cool. So, um, you can, you competed at a high level or you competed in high school. Now, did you, after high school and college, did you enter any races or, you know, do my marathons or triathlons? 
Yeah, yeah. So I, I skied in the Junior Olympics and then um, transitioned after to doing, uh, you know, the Berkebiner and the Pepsi Challenge and the Mora Vasilopet, a lot of cross-country ski races, and then uh, started to do marathons. I also did a lot of rollerblade marathons. I rollerbladed from uh, Grand Marais, Minnesota to the state capitol and then in 1998, I did my first triathlon, and um, I have been doing triathlons every year since then. No kidding. Now, the full triathlon, which is 112 miles biking, 26 miles, 0.2 miles running. Can't, can't, can't shave off the 0.2. I know that. That's uh, right. <laughs> and then what, a mile and a half swim? 2.4. 2.4. Okay. So, miles swim. Wow. That is incredible, Darcy. Yeah, that is really cool. Rollerblading, I never, never got into that. But so, yeah, so you are really in, heavily involved. In, so, so tell the listeners and viewers, uh, how much today does that um, interest, that genuine interest in athletics play into your professional and personal life today? Every single day. It, 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 it plays in a, a lot for a couple of reasons. Um, one is because I am, um, I'm a better mom. I'm a better business owner. I'm a better, uh, friend when I am focused on my fitness. And I mean, there's times when my stress is high and my daughters will say, mom, do I want to go for a bike ride? <laughs> I just, it, and so it, it grounds me and I stay, I feel I've, I'm more alert. Um, I'm more creative. I'm, I'm, I'm less stressed. Yep. Um, and then it also is a, is very much a part of my life because the thoughtfully fit model that we've designed our whole business around and wrote a book about is um, a a metaphor for being physically yeah. fit. And I learned that like if you want to be physically fit, you need to train and practice. And if you do, you know, every movement's easier. I mean, the first triathlon I did in 1998, the devil's challenge, it was miserable. It was hard. I, 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 I hadn't trained. Yeah. And now I did that same triathlon this September, 23 years later, faster yeah. than I did when I was wow. 28 years old, wow. which is insane. And it's because I'm, I'm trained in practice. Right. And so that was the, the basis for designing this model to be thoughtfully fit, which is all about being able to train and practice to handle the, the curveballs, right. uh, the conflict, the adversity that life throws your way. Right. Excellent point. I thank you for bringing that up. And guys, if you're sitting home and you've never been in part of a training program, you've never been with a company that's been able to uh, to afford you, um, you know, an educational uh, environment where you learn through training. Um, it's really, it really is worth investing because I know that I was almost out of my entry-level job in New York City. I had been trained for four weeks and I shunned 100% of my training. I did not use any of it. And they always told you, you know, to you it's going to sound canned, but to the person you're telling it's going to sound planned. And the day, the very day that I, I switched that button on and I started using my training, everything changed. And that's why I'm here today because the light bulb kept going off with me and I kept getting affirmation in my own professional life that, you know what, training works because you're taking third-party influence. You're taking third-party information from someone else who's been down a road before you have been down it. Yeah. And they're telling you what to avoid, what to do right, what to do, you know, what to, what to uh, do more of, what to do less of, and how to do it. And when you really aspire to that, um, it unlocks so many potentials. And so if you're sitting here at, at your home listening to this or you're watching it and you've never engaged in coaching, you've never engaged in any kind of training, I really encourage you to, to, to at least pick up Darcy's book, if not contact her, because... There's so much value to come out of that process. And I just, you know, I know for myself, again, being I've not done the triathlons, I've done six marathons, and I know we traded back. Oh, my God. Yeah, we traded back some stories on it a little bit. But I think in one of the, uh, you know, three of the marathons, I hit the wall. Three of them, I did not hit the wall. The three I didn't hit the wall in, it was only because I did better training in the 12 to 16 weeks leading up to it 
than I did in the three times I hit the wall. And so, you know, I, I use this example and I did a, a, a podcast about it, whereas, you know, you have this concept of piles of miles. A lot of marathoners say, oh, you got to get up and, you know, run the piles of miles every week. When really what I learned was I reduced the number of miles, but then every mile, and I went down to an average of 41 uh, was my sweet spot, but the intentionality of every one of those miles was what I focused on. So if we're intentional about what we're doing during the course of our business day, our family time, we, we get more out of it when we, tr- when we accept the fact that, you know, we can train ourselves to be intentional about that time we're we're diving into. So a great, I love how athletics has come in, how it's a big part of your story. And guys, when you read Darcy's book, you're going to, she's going to open up with a story that illuminates how physicality shined a light on mind, mindicality. I don't even, that's a word, you know, but you know what I mean? I mean, it's like, yes, it's, there's something to this. So, um, I won't give it away, but, but could you just share, and I know we, we didn't kind of plan on this, but could you share a little bit about that mountain climbing story? Oh gosh. Yes. I mean that, that I've done a lot of adventure travel and that's the other reason why I being physically fit is, is, is an important part of my routine because then when I'm out on adventures, I, you know, can say, yeah, let's go climb that mountain. Let's go explore. And, and it's a lot more fun um, to not be exhausted and miserable and sore. Um, and so my, my, uh, girlfriend, Nancy and I, um, will have had a lot of adventures and traveling to Turkey and Peru and I mean, all over. Yeah. And, um, so that the story that I opened with was basically sharing, we, we did back country, uh, hiking in the, the, te- the grand Tetons, and um, without telling the, the, the long version, I was, you know, climbing up this mountain and, and, and my ice axe didn't stick and my, my, my crampons didn't, um, you know, didn't really stick in the snow. And so I, I fell and I tumbled down this mountain and like, the, the, you know, and it was steep and I'm just hitting my face and the, you know, I, I landed at the bottom and the, the ice axe was going through my, uh, through my pants, through my underwear and out the other side and somehow did not, I have no idea how it did not puncture my leg and I was bloody and beat up, but, um, but was, was able to continue. Um, and it, it was, Ooh, it was, it was scary. It was intense. And, well, I, and it sounds like guys, it's a great story, but you know, and you bring it up a little bit more here and there in the book, but it's, didn't that really shine a light on your life at that time? that you could handle that because you had prepared for that. Yes. And, and you, you then transferred that line of thinking to the line of thinking of life and intersecting life and business, and you could apply it to the mind. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the, the, the fact that uh, we would be running and doing triathlons right. and, and training and marathons and all of that so that we could go and do right. these, ad, this adventure travel and we could go and kayak around Nova Scotia and bike across right. Colorado and just things where you can explore. Um, and so that, that notion that when you, when you train for it, it's easier and it's more fun um, in the same way when we have challenges in our life and the research that we've done with my firm, it says that the, 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 everybody that comes into our coaching has one of six obstacles, six hurdles that get in the way of being high performing. And you can actually train to prepare. If you know that those are the hurdles that get in the way, you can train and prepare for them so that when the obstacles come, you're better able to clear them yeah. instead. Uh, and so it's not about eliminating the hurdles or, or like hoping that nothing ever goes wrong. If there's not conflict uh, it's instead being ready for it. Yeah. Okay. Great. No, great story. So, uh, so, so Nancy's your friend, you do a lot of these, uh, get together with the, you know, her and you go travel and you do a lot of, uh, you know, adventures and then Jill and you, uh, your friend Jill and your colleague, you put together, you're putting together thoughtfully fit, you're piecing this together. Everything's kind of 
you know, you, you've got the framework for this. Everything is frameworked out. It, the, the hit, the go button is just around the corner. And there's another part of your story that, that um, makes your product for people, your coaching, and your, a, a little more, um, I guess, unique. So, so March 17th, 2016, are you, are you comfortable sharing what happens on that night? Yeah, absolutely. It, it was um, it was St. Patrick's Day, and it was five days after the the Thoughtfully Fit model officially came to life. After five years of intense research and development, we finalized Thoughtfully Fit and the six practices and the core and how to help people overcome their hurdles. Um, and I I got a phone call on that Thursday afternoon from my neighbor. And she said, Darcy, what's going on at your house? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not at home. I'm at a meeting. Why? There are 40 or 50 police cars and a SWAT team, and they're surrounding your house with guns. And they just took John out barefoot in handcuffs. I'm like, wait, what? My husband? What are you talking about? I found out later uh, that... My husband was arrested that day for sexual assault of a minor he had met online. And he was put into jail. He was a full-time stay-at-home dad to our two young daughters, and he never came home. Mm. He was ultimately sentenced and convicted to, to 10 years in prison. Mm. And it, it became um, my worst nightmare. It wasn't even Jeff, a nightmare. I'd never had a nightmare that bad. I found myself uh, in on the front lines of trying to navigate a legal system, trying to figure out how to be a single mom, how to help my daughters through this trauma, um, how to try to keep my, my business alive because as a small business owner, you know, the, the main thing that we have is our reputation yeah. and, and that credibility that I had built up and, it just, with that one phone call, destroyed everything. Yeah. Gosh, I can only, I can't even imagine, Darcy. So, well, thank you for being so transparent about that. So, yeah. so that is a, a life curveball that not many of us have to go through and navigate. So now you've got two daughters, they're, they're, they're preteen at that point. You're trying to yeah. figure life out, figure business out, figure this out, what happened, and... Um, Again, I want you to just kind of highlight that your program became your life preserver, correct? In a way? It really did because the charges were so severe that I had to hire my own attorney. In addition to my, my husband, uh, you know, having a, a criminal defense attorney. Um, and my attorney said, don't talk to anybody about anything. Th this is severe. And so in the worst days of my life ever, I was completely isolated and I had to turn to, or I felt lucky to be able to turn to this thoughtfully fit model. I became ground zero to test drive it because all of a sudden those hurdles that I talked about and the obstacles, I was having every single one of them every day, uh, you know, relationships that weren't working and feeling blindsided and uh, feeling stuck and, and, and completely overwhelmed. And the same problems that my clients had just at a magnified, like times a thousand intensity. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. So, so folks, you can, you can see right here that that test drive, unfortunately, right. Darcy had to take that test drive with her own model, with her own life. And so if there's, you know, anybody ever more qualified, I don't think you can find one more qualified to, you know, talk passionately about, how that process got you through that. And I imagine is still getting you through that. Um, you know, I mean, if I'm not mistaken. So, so let's kind of hone in on the thoughtfully fit model because it's got, it's got six, um, you know, um, it's got a circumference of six elements that wrap around. And I don't know if you can see it, but um, yeah, there's a little, uh, she's got a little diagram that's, uh, the centrality of everything. It's kind of the, the, the motor that keeps everything going, but it's, it's pause, think and act. So talk a little bit about your program, if you could expand on it and tell people what they could, uh, you know, expect out of it. 
Yeah, the part that you just highlighted is, is the core of the model. And so just like if you are physically fit and you have a strong core, every movement's easier and you're going to be less likely to get injured. And you don't get a strong core from doing 20 sit-ups once a month. Right, you have right. to be consistent and train and practice. So in the same way, Thoughtfully Fit has a core. And at your core, you're able to explore in any situation, what are my choices and what do I control? Right. So you get blindsided. Somebody sends you an email and they're criticizing you and you're feeling defensive. Instead of pounding out a reply, or, or worse, reply all yeah. and making it worse. Um, the core is where you do these three steps to be able to slow it down so that you can handle yourself thoughtfully and then get back to doing what you do best instead of overreacting or having this knee jerk reaction or maybe silently stewing. And now you have to spend more time cleaning up the mess from not handling yourself thoughtfully in the first place. And so that first step is to pause and the pause kicks you off of autopilot, sets you up for step two, which is to think. And that's where you ask yourself some thoughtful questions and you create some new awareness. How, how do I want to respond to this? Ooh, what's feeling hard about this? Where am I getting triggered and frustrated? What would the best version of me do in this moment? And then step three is to act thoughtfully based on the new awareness you have from pausing and thinking. And then you wash, rinse, repeat. So once you've acted, then you can pause again and reflect and think, how did that go? Did I get the results that I want? And act again. Yeah, excellent. Well, and I think you hit on a couple of things here that I just want to uh, um, illuminate a little bit more is, you know, we, we advocate here on our show, been talking about it for 120 episodes is thinking. And we're, we're in a, we're in a societal framework right now that, that in many ways encourages listening, you know, we'll tell you what you need to hear because you're so busy and we're all fractured with all this busyness. And I think personally, it's coined the phrase that we have lost a touch with the slowing ourselves down to think so and and thinking about asking ourselves enough questions so i you know i'm teaching an online class now and and the more and more i go through every session i'm i'm baking more and more questions into the class than i ever have before and it's and it's it's producing great results because you're you're really getting people to think about, gosh, what if I did do that or this or this or that or that? Okay, I, now I get it. I shouldn't do that or this or this. I should do this. And, you know, it's, it's to your point where that, you know, that process. So you're, you're advocating in your program that that core is central to every decision, every interaction, everything you're encountering, correct? Everything. And, and, it, and it can be in, in a split second, um, you know, it, 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 it saves you. Somebody cuts you off in, in, in traffic and instead right. of being like flipping them off and right. jerk and, you know, you just pause right. and take a breath and think, do I want to be angry? Do I want to give all this negative energy? Do I want to, and, and, and then you make a choice and you can act and maybe you just like, you know, yeah. slow down and let them through. I mean, there's little places and there's big places yeah. and, and certainly, when my husband was arrested, there were all sorts of places where I was yep. getting, uh, you know, a, a, a attacked and having uh, moments of, of challenges where um, that pause yep. really saved me. Yeah, sure. Oh, I can only, oh, Jason, I can only imagine. And you do a good job, by the way, folks. Uh, Darcy really, um, you know, is very transparent in her book and, and talks about some of those you know, situations that you go through and what's going on in your mind, how you, how you handle it and so forth. So it really is, it's uh, it's very um, open. It's an open book for sure. So, um, so this, now there's these, these three tenants, I don't know if you call them processes on, on top of the, you know, uh, of the circle, if you will, and three on the bottom that wrap around your core. What are, how does the, how does this program work? 
Or yeah. What are those tenets? So the, 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 the visual there's, yeah, there's six practices. Yeah. The three um, are internal where we get in our own way. And then three are external where we have challenges with other people. There you go. You've got the model. Beautiful. And so, and they're all aligned within the metaphor for physical fitness, uh, right? And so we've got stillness. There's so much to do. I can't even think. Uh, strength, which is about, um, I don't always handle myself the way I'd like. And strength is being able to consciously choose how you show up. Right. And sometimes that's a heavy lift. Yeah. yeah. And then endurance, which is when you feel stuck. Right. And being able to overcome those obstacles and embrace a growth mindset to, to be able to get unstuck. Those are the three where we have found in working with our clients you tend to get in your own way. Yeah, sure. I can see it. Oh, absolutely. So, so that's the internal and then the external is. Yeah. So then the external, the, 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 the first external hurdle that gets in the way is this notion, like I'd be fine if only you were different and clients coming in and saying, uh, Darcy, I want to figure out how can I get my boss to smile when he comes in? How can I get my neighbor to not mow the grass at seven in the morning when I want to sleep in? If somebody else would change, I could be happy. And that is the, flex, the, the practice of flexibility, which is being able to stretch to accept the fact that you can't change other people and to stop wasting your energy being angry that they aren't the way you think they should be. And then the second external hurdle is having relationships that don't work, that are out of balance. And then the third is reacting poorly when blindsided. And that is agility and being able to respond thoughtfully instead of reacting poorly. Yeah, yeah. So, so thoughts as they relate to actions, explain that a little bit. What's the correlation between that? Yeah, so something happens and we have a thought. And this happens thousands of times a day. People are listening right now are having thoughts and those thoughts lead to our actions. And then of course, whatever action we take is going to determine what results we get. And so if you get that email from somebody that is criticizing you and you notice not only did they email you, they copied your entire team, that first thought might be what a jerk. And if you act on that first thought, you might pound out that that nasty reply. And of course, that leads to results, which is now you've got the, 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 the conflict and blaming and defensiveness. And so with the thoughtfully fit model, going back to the core, uh, it's not about not having those thoughts. We're human. Right. We have all sorts of thoughts. And right. a lot of times they're not the best thoughts. Right. It's being able to slow it down and to pause in that moment and to think, is this thought serving me or sabotaging me? Because if that thought is sabotaging me, what a jerk, then you want to not act on that thought. You want to ask yourself some questions. Okay, what do I need to do to be able to calm down? How can I show up in this moment that's going to neutralize the situation instead of adding fuel to the fire? And then once you get to that place where those thoughts are serving you, then you can act. And of course, it may be that instead of replying at all, you pick up the phone. You say, hey, I just wanted to check in. I got your email and I I noticed it seemed like you were maybe upset. And I'm I'm wondering, it seemed out of character if, if something's up or if we could talk through it. And that then leads to completely different results than if you had acted on that first sabotaging thought. Bingo. So, so critical, so critical for teams now. And I mean, you know, so critical because you've got teammates that are, you're depending on to do certain things and, you know, you've got to be an interweaving connect, you know, you've got to connect and interweave with your, with your, each individual task to get the overall mission done. And if there's fracture and if you, you know, misread something and you don't pause and pick up the phone, how important is that today? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just mentioned it. I mean, we're, we're all locked into this keyboard mentality uh, that, you know, gosh, we can't tell a person's facial expressions. We can't hear their voice inflection on an email or in a text message. And to be able or behind to, a mask. Right. To be able to share that. I mean, so we just yeah. released on episode 121. It was entitled hitting mistake or hitting send by mistake. 
And so, yeah, so it was a little 11 minute episode and, and I gave a couple of examples where, you know, oh, I, I can't wait to listen yeah, to it. It's oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah. We, we taped it about uh, six weeks ago, but it, it, but it's, um, you know, I've had two situations in my life. I lost a humongous customer because I, you know, said something I shouldn't have. I didn't pause and I blind copied the person and I hit send before, you know, I really realized that that person was blind copied on. So they were the person I was talking about. And another one, I had my boss, I sent something to my boss and he just forwarded it on to the person I was talking about. And that fractured my working relationship with this factory uh, manager for the rest of my career. It just was never the same. So unfortunately, you know, you learn some painful things by making your own mistakes. But what we did is we, we frameworked that episode around the concept of a snow globe. And what I think of now is I, I go snow globing. And I say, you know what? Let me just let the dust of the snow globe, the snow settle, let the sun shine on the scenery, and let me, so I pause, I wait. Many times I wait over the weekend. Many times I wait overnight. But I certainly don't write those Friday afternoon emails anymore. I don't, you know, I was famous for making some mistakes. I come in from a run. Endorphins are flying. I'm on, I'm on you know, nine, nine cylinders, not even eight. And you're like, oh, my God. And you hit send. And you go, oh, what did I do? And sure enough, 10 minutes later, my phone's ringing. What in the world? Oh, why did I do that? You know, oh. don't type the email when your endorphins are flying. Right? I mean, just. Or at least don't. If you type it, don't hit send. Send, right. <laughs> so, you know, but, but it's that concept of pausing, letting the snow globe settle. Mm-hmm. Let, you know, looking at the scenery, letting the sun peek in on it. And there, then you go, is that the right move? And when I wait that weekend to change something on a Monday, I couldn't tell you how many times I've not even sent that email. It just never even goes out. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a big, it's a calmer minds prevail. And and thank you for just sharing your, um, your personal story of, of those two missteps. And, and, you know, I guess I am feeling the urge to just name the fact that you, 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 the only thing that makes you different than me or others is your willingness to admit that we all, we all do that, right? We're human. We're, we, we fail. We, we do things, we make mistakes. And so that pause is indeed what can put a little bit yeah. of time between yeah. and hopefully awareness and empathy and judgment between the stimulus and the response, as, right. as Victor Frankl talks yeah. about, right? That freedom to choose yeah. that, that exists in the middle there. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable. So, you know, I mean, big, big time. Good stuff. So uh, tell, tell us a little bit about, and I, I want to just make sure we're okay on time here, but explain mm-hmm. the onboarding process for a, a individual who goes through the life coaching process with you and workshops you would do with companies. What's, what's that look like to onboard? Yeah. So if somebody reaches out to us and whether it's a, it might be an individual saying, um, I want more fulfillment or I I feel stuck in my life, or I've got a dream and a vision and I don't know where to start. Or maybe it's an organization that is reaching out, uh, for some work with their team, with their managers, with their leaders, they want to improve communication, give people a, a chance to have healthy, positive conflict. We, we always start that process with an assessment so that we can get a sense of what is the current state and what then is the desired state? What, what is it that success would look like? If you came in and did six months of coaching, um, what would be different in six months? And we identify then nice. the primary focus areas that we're, that we're going to be working on and what the benchmarks are. Okay. So that at the end of the coaching engagement, whether it's with me or one of the coaches on my team, um, what, what we don't want is somebody to say, oh, that, that was great. I feel so much better. And Darcy's such a nice person, but nothing's changed mm-hmm. because coaching and training and consulting, everything we do is about creating the change right. to get to that vision of, of, of peak performance of whatever it is that you've identified you're wanting to get towards. 
Um, and so once we've identified what success is, right. then on the coaching end, we start that process um, with that initial discovery session and then those coaching sessions. And every session at the end, there's action items and there's homework. Yep. And it's just, it's not, it's not like what's going to happen this year. It's what are you going to do between now and our next coaching session in two weeks? And you break down the bite-sized action pieces, action items that then leads to success. Just like you, Jeff, running your marathon, you know, that 12, 14, 16 week program, you got to do the work a little at a time. You don't, you don't go from zero to 26.2. Yeah. Well, bingo. And you, so, so great. So it's a six month process or do you have different, do you have, okay. So that's individual now. Workshops for corporations. Uh, I know you've you've uh, interacted with four, uh, you know companies in forty five different industries. So again, folks, you want accreditation, you want uh, experience. You know, Darcy's packed. You know, her program is packed with it. So, uh, so what is a what does a workshop look like for a company keynote speaking event? Yeah. So we, depending on what we custom design everything. And so an organization comes in, we may do a, a keynote for their uh, entire uh, team, or we may do um, a half day training or full day training. And they will, it might be around how do you create balanced yep. conversations and balanced relationships uh, where you balance what, what do you want and need with what I want and need. And you try to find the win-win. That's our version of okay. fierce, difficult, crucial conversations that like who wants to go have a difficult conversation but to go have a balanced conversation to figure out like what do you need Jeff and here's what I need and it feels like we're you know not aligned how can we achieve alignment so we've got all the different topics based around the thoughtfully fit model um, and so sometimes it's a half day or full day workshop yep. and then we have a couple of four month series that we have packaged what are the biggest problems that we find organizations struggle with? And um, it's it's a four-month series where there's trainings each month, and then in between are accountability groups, small group coaching, and skill drills. And yeah. so you're learning the skills and then having the yeah. chance to practice them, and then you come back in the next month in the next session, and there's accountability. Great. How did it go? What did Great. you do well? What did you learn? And then you build on those skills. Excellent. So, so, and I only, I have a couple more questions, but so everything can be found at Darcy Luoma, L-U-O-M-A uh, dot com. And you can go there and uh, the book, if you're interested, you can get it on uh, Amazon or you could get it straight from uh, Darcy, get it signed by her. Um, come If it comes from her office and uh, Sydney will handle uh, work with you on that as well. So <laughs> yes. uh, interact with you. Very, very lovely uh, young lady. So yeah, very, very, very <laughs> She nice. is fantastic. Really I have a great is. team. And those of you that people are interested in listening to the book, it's on Audible. And, okay. and of course, all your local booksellers, if you, if you prefer to support local too. <laughs> Well, I got a couple more questions. What what motivates you to go to work every day now? I mean, what 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 gets you charged up about getting out of bed and oh. going to work? Do you know, Jeff, it took me 20 years to give myself permission and to have the courage to step into my passion. So for 20 years, I was in politics. I was working for the governor, for presidential campaigns. I was doing national advance. I was working for the senator. And I am not passionate about politics. And I kept finding myself in these meetings. I'd be, I'd be sitting with a group of lobbyists or constituents um, who would be you know, advocating for something. Uh, and I, I was there on behalf of the senator. And um, at some point, like an hour into the meeting, they inevitably would say, so Darcy, what does the senator think about that? Yeah. And Jeff, I'd be like, Oh my, what are they talking about? I'm here thinking, okay, if we had done introductions, I wonder if more people would be talking. And I wonder why <laughs> wow. she's in the back and hasn't yeah. said anything. I wonder if she was at the table, if she would feel like I was always looking at the communication and how we can create an environment, yeah. right? Uh, and and so I, I finally, well, it was January 2nd of 2013 was my last day in the U.S. Senate. January 3rd, I launched my business. Yeah. And so what gets me motivated is that I am doing what I love. Yeah. I love, love, love helping people to figure out how to be intentional, how to be thoughtful, how to live their life so they can reach yeah. your goals and you can clear those hurdles and obstacles that get yeah. in the way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so all work and no play. That was your, thank you for sharing that, by the way. All work and no yeah. play was your default before um, you had your life curveball. And so uh, 
What can you share? What kind of advice could you give the listeners or viewers on what's the balance between all work and no play and, and life and parenthood and so forth? Mm, yeah, I've, I've, I've learned a lot there and I've learned a lot the hard way by misstepping. And I, I'd say now one of the things that I've learned that I need to do is schedule the play, schedule the stillness, schedule the downtime, because my default is to drive. Yeah. It's just how I'm built. And I'm now in a life stage where I'm realizing driving so hard is yeah. not who I want to be. I want to be a present mom. Yeah. I want to be able to have downtime and to have some clarity to be able to be strategic and innovative and think instead of just be in the weeds doing, doing, yeah. doing, doing. Yeah. So that's one thing that I've learned that that really was critical um, on my journey yeah. is like, I can't just wait for it or hope that yeah. would happen. I've had to schedule it. Yeah. Okay. How much time do we have, by the way? How much time do you have? We're good. I, okay. I, I'm, I'm good. Okay. So, um, so very interesting. So, you know, you have to schedule it. You have to make a concerted effort to give yourself that time to go reflect, think, right? And, 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 and be, a, be a present mom rather than a forward motion mom. I do. I, yeah. I schedule, I, I get a massage every other week. I go floating in the isolation tank once a month. Yeah. I have my Headspace app. I do my 12 minute meditation every morning, right? And then probably similar to you, I also find for, for me when I'm out for a run or a bike ride, that's a place where, uh, or I'm swimming, I can't have my phone. I can't yeah. be productive. Yeah. I just need to be present with what is. And so I schedule all of, I schedule all of my workouts. Yeah. Um a schedule time yeah. with my daughters yeah. to go to the dog park, to go to the movies. If I, when I didn't do that, I just worked and worked and worked. Yeah. So such good advice. And it, it does, it, you know, you have to do that to, to, to be able to give your life some balance. And, you know, I, um, in writing my book, I, I knew that in 1989, I wanted to do it. And I used empirical data as a centrality a form of centrality for my efforts. And then I looked at situational observations and I've, I've spent time with 32 companies in nine different industries. And what I always looked at is I want to absorb what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing, what I'm listening to, what's happening to me next to me in a trade show booth. What, what was going on there? What's happening to that table over there in a restaurant? What am I really digesting here as a, as a human looking at other human interaction? And one of the things, I don't know how you feel about this, but I think you, you're, you're touching on it kind of, is in today's world, we're so glued to smartphone technology and we are not, we're missing the moment by trying to capture the moment. Yeah. Do you agree with that or not? Oh, yes. I just went to a wedding and they had everybody put their cell phones in when they came yeah. in and they said, we have a photographer. We're going to make sure we capture pictures. We're going to send them all to you afterwards so that you can just be enjoying the moment yes. and be present in the moment. Yeah. That okay. was like, yeah. wow, that's bold. I mean, Darcy, I'm watching this. I'm going to, I'm going to restaurants by myself as I travel, you know, spend a hundred nights a year in hotels and I'm looking at a family over there, eat the whole 49 minutes. They're there. Nobody said a word to anybody else. And what's the use? What, what is the nucleus of that family? Like, what are, what are the problems that aren't being addressed? What are the things that aren't being thoughtfully um, you know, comb through and what are the actions in that family? And I, I, I love to, you know, look at that and kind of try to figure that out. And it really, it's, um, it's bothering me that, you know, here we are in a society that we just, we, we keep going forward and we don't just enjoy the moment for the moment's sake. And uh, that's something that I gleaned from your book that you, you had, or you necessarily saw that in your mm -hmm. reflection in the mirror and said, I've, I've got to change. And, and your, your program helps that change. So, um, yeah, it's awesome. interesting, Jeff. Thank you for, for noticing that and, and, and highlighting that. Um, my, my book came out, um, well, it came out in June, but I got advanced copies in May and I gave a copy to my mom. She was very, very sick and dying of cancer. And she was able to read it before she passed this fall. And I went to visit her and, uh, she said, Darcy, your book is phenomenal, but it's so different than what I was expecting. And I said, really, why is that mom? And she said, 
Well, just because like I'm your mom, I know you, I've known you your whole life and you've always been driving and the next goal and the next meet and the next triathlon. And she said, so I just thought that would be what this is all about. How to be thoughtfully fit. How do you do? And she said, it just was amazing that you also talked about the holistic health and wellness and the, 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 the need for stillness and how your body and your mind needs time to recover. And like, if you're going to lift weights, you don't lift every day. Your body builds stronger on the rest days. And she said, it was just so um, amazing to, to watch you grow and evolve as a, as a person and to highlight the need for that. And so um, I I don't, I I don't judge anybody for where you're at in your life phase. And it took me a couple decades to learn that lesson um, but I do think that life is richer when you make space yeah. for that stillness and to slow down and to be present in the moments, as you said. A uh, huge, huge part of what we advocate. We advocate. I, I, I Writing my book, I spent 18 nights in cabins and in the Ozarks, and it's on a yeah, four cabins on 137 acres. Beautiful. And the first, the first exercise I did is I took blank um, index cards. I took a pen, and I sat there for an entire three days, two nights and three days, and all I did, I'd taken notes and had everything planned out in the book, but I took mental notes. Okay, my first company, what are the good things I learned from that company? What are the bad things? Mm -hmm. And I stretched my brain and that technology off, and I was amazed at how much my brain could recall without any other influences or, 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 you know, um, material. And I really, I, I gained a love affair for, you know, that process of turning technology off and thinking, reflecting. I listened to one of your podcasts with a young lady. uh, I think it was woods therapy going in the woods. I I think I have it right. And it was kind of neat. You know, I, she takes people in the woods and you lay down, you look up and, you know, I mean, it's just, Hey, this is how we connect with ourselves and get to the bottom of some of this stuff that needs to be taken care of. So, um, very, very cool. Well, I have just two more questions. If you had, I think we kind of uh, lose touch with the word hallmark, but you know, what is Darcy Loma's hallmark? If you had to say in a nutshell, what would you describe yourself as being best noted for? Mm. I think, uh, I think my hallmark is um, just being wickedly curious and um, really helping. um, I, I love helping somebody identify what, what success looks like for them with, with no judgment, with no agenda, being really curious and then, um, being on the path to guiding them to, to achieve, to get to that, to that result. I mean, I just, that's what I, that's what I love. It's what lights me up. So you put your life gardening gloves on with someone, you roll up your sleeves and say, let's, let's ask a ton of questions because I'm curious, what are we trying to get to here? And and the curiosity is going to is going to generate the questions if I'm hearing you right. So, yeah. Okay. Very cool. Um, so last question and I'll let you go. Um, again, before I ask it guys, here's the book thoughtfully fit, really engaged. I can't wait to finish it. I'm sorry. I didn't finish it prior to this, but, um, I just, you know, I got caught up in things I had to do, but very good. I'm looking forward to it. And I'll put a a review on Amazon for you and thank you. Um, DarcyLuoma.com. Go there. She's got a program there, all kinds of stuff. 45 different industries. Holy smoke. She knows what she's talking about. Accredited. Very fun. Last question. We love to connect with music. I think music, rock and roll for me, it still is. It's it's sometimes when I don't want to think, but I just want to change my feeling a little bit. I listen to And so we all have songs that are kind of our anthem or important to us or hit us at a certain time of our life. They may not be the number one tune on the charts, but they're important to us. What is that song that you want to pick as your Lost in the Shuffle track today? Yeah, love that question. Uh, it's so fantastic. And for me, it's This Is Me uh, from The Greatest Showman. That song just, oh, it like emotionally, yeah. the music, the words, the, the message, uh, yeah. it just lights me up. 
Awesome. Well, you know, when, when my wife and I watched the movie, we were in the theater and that song came on during the production, you know, it, it gave you, it gave me the shivers, you know, I kind of was like, wow, because we all have our stories. We're all made distinctly unique. We all have our unique experiences that shape us to be who we are. And um, you know, certainly the word. So we're going to put up. So what we do, Darcy, is on the uh, visual experience on YouTube, we put a little card up at the top when uh, we mention it. So it's This Is Me, and it's um, it was the song from the the movie, The show, the Greatest Showman, and uh, it's uh, going to be up on this little card up here. And it awesome. is the one that has the lyrics on it. So it's got um, Kayla Settle singing it, which and it, it's got the lyrics. So very cool song. And guys, um, I... By the way, Wisconsin, just to plug out, thank you for the Lost in the Shuffle pick, uh, Darcy, but Wisconsin, Baraboo and Delavan were homes to a lot of the off-season circus training. Um, very cool. My parents used to take me to Sarasota to the Little Big Top, which was the high school kids. From sixth grade to high school, I believe, Barnum and Bailey, they used to, uh, you know, uh, put on a circus during the Easter. So we would go down there to visit my aunt and uncle. So got to watch that. But Wisconsin, Baraboo, Delavan's got a lot of history with that. If you want to go to a pretty state, guys, oh, my goodness. You know, my favorite drive is is uh, Wausau North on 39 to 51. Go up to M Manaqua, up to Ashland, do the cornucopia, go to Duluth. Oh, my gosh. It's just Door, oh, Door County. It. Yeah, I mean, just beautiful. So uh, you are living in a beautiful state. And uh, thank you for being so honest and so transparent. And uh, we wish all the best for you and your family and your business. And when I'm up there, I'll, uh, I'll let Sydney know. Maybe we can get together for a cup of coffee or a bite to eat or something. I would love that. Some cheese curds. Yeah. Oh, I love, I love that, too. Wisconsin. <laughs> Darcy Loma, thank you so much, everybody. You, yeah, oh, Such a pleasure. You are delightful and so easy and fun to talk to. Uh, I really appreciate it. Well, sounds great. Well, everybody, don't forget, uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. We'll see you in 168 hours. And Darcy, thanks again, and have a great rest of the week. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.